We have been studying the book of Jeremiah in the Bible, and the title of this series is called God's Plan Prevails. And and this, as we say week after week, this uh, series title and the sermons were, were chosen and prepared long ago. And so uh, I hope that this speaks to you this morning. Uh, specifically this morning, we're going to look at how God is jealous over his word. And we're, we'll look in Jeremiah's chapter 14, 15, and 23 and look at some different verses there. And, and I just want to challenge you and encourage you to grab a Bible or if you don't have a Bible, you can uh, look on an app or whatever the case might be. Uh, if you don't have a Bible and you need a Bible, our church will give you a Bible for free. It, 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 it won't be an expensive one. It will be an inexpensive one that is paperback. Uh, but it, you will be able to read God's Word and have a copy of it if you would like it. And so if you want that, then please just uh, send us an email uh, at mansfieldfbc at gmail.com or mansfieldfirstbaptist at gmail.com, and we'll get it, and, and we'll try to make sure that you get a copy of God's Word. So God is jealous over His Word. Um, we have looked at a lot of things in Jeremiah. We have, we have seen how God's people have not been following him the way that he has called them to. We have seen over and over and over again uh, how he has given them opportunities to repent and they have not taken it. And so this week we're going to see how God is not only upset at just the regular people there in Israel or in the southern kingdom of Judah in Jeremiah, uh, but he is upset with the leaders, people who are supposed to be spiritual leaders, are ones that are propagating this misinformation, these lies. And, and Jeremiah has, has prophesied and told the people that God has proclaimed that if they do not repent, he is going to destroy the southern kingdom. They have been doing these despicable things. These They have been worshiping other gods. They have been sacrificing their children to other gods. They have been doing these things that God hates. And punishment is coming. And Jeremiah has been telling them that over and over and over again. But the problem is, is that as soon as he says it, some other prophet or some priest will go ahead and say, no, that's not true. Don't listen to Jeremiah. He's making it all up. And of course, we know that it was true. And and so in, in Jeremiah, we'll start in chapter 14, verse 13. And in Jeremiah 14, 13, we see that God, God's, this is what we, we read. Then I said, this is Jeremiah. Ah, Lord God, behold, the prophets say to them, them being the people of Judah, you shall not see the sword, nor shall you have famine, but I will give you assured peace in this place. This sounds like a lot of preachers today, to be honest. They don't want to take into account what God has said happens when we don't follow him, when we don't listen to, to his teachings and when we when we do things that um, where we, when we chase after just our own desires and we don't honor God with our lives, uh, there are preachers who are saying it's going to be okay. There are entire denominations of, of Christianity or whatever religion that says you can do what you want to, and it's going to be okay. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that we are all sinners. The people of Judah were sinners. We're sinners. And we need someone to save us from our sins. We need God to, to forgive our sins. And in order for our sins to be forgiven, they have to be paid for. 
Um, it wouldn't be right if someone did something bad to, to someone in our community and then that person wasn't punished at all. And they could just keep on hurting people without punishment. And Of course that wouldn't be okay. And it wasn't okay for God's people. And so here we see in Jeremiah that the priests and the prophets are telling them, oh, it's going to be okay. Even though you're sacrificing your children to other gods and even though you're doing these crazy things, it's going to be okay. Don't listen to Jeremiah. Uh, there's going to be a peace. I assure it. That's what they're saying. And we hear preachers and, and, and others say that today. And it's just not the case. Yes, we can have peace through Christ. But if we have a relationship with Christ, then our actions should change. We can't just continue in our sin without turning from that sin, without repenting. And, and, and so many times in the New Testament, there it's even connected, repent and be saved it, because they're so crucially entwined. If you are going to put your faith in Christ, if you're going to follow him, then you are going to turn from your sins. Now, I'm not saying you're going to be perfect or you'll never sin again. Of course, there will be issues. There will be struggles. Uh, but if you truly have a relationship with Jesus and you have been transformed, then you will desire to walk away from your sin and the things that don't honor God and you will strive to do things that will please him. You won't be perfect, but you'll strive to do those things. And when you fail, you'll repent. And that's not what's going on in Judah. In Judah, they're doing whatever they want. They're even they're worshiping other gods and doing these despicable things. And the they're, they're not repenting. They're not turning from those things. They're not asking God to forgive them. They're just continuing. And they're proud of these things a lot of times. Uh and, and the priests and the prophets, the ones who are supposed to be leading them, are telling them it's going to be okay. Don't, don't listen to Jeremiah. And then in verse 14, let's listen to what God said. And the Lord said to me, the prophets are prophesying lies in my name. And I did not send them, nor did I command them or speak to them. They are prophesying to you a lying vision, worthless divination, and the deceit of their own minds. And so here we see in this verse that God himself comes out and says, I didn't send these people. These aren't truly true prophets. These aren't true priests. They're, they're not teaching what I have asked them to teach. They have not seen me or heard a word from me, and they're not repeating something that they heard from me. They're telling lies. They're making this stuff up. And it's, it's deceit of their own minds. And so I think personally, I think that there are a lot of people out there, teachers of God's word, who um, don't have like terrible intentions. They're not just like, they don't have these evil, nefarious plans to deceive the whole world. I think that most people believe what they're teaching. And that's why it's so important for us to truly study God's word and to dig in and to not just know a part of it, but to know all of it. Because it's hard to know a part of it without knowing all of it. Because what is being said in this book, in this chapter, this certain verse, is so influenced by all of God's word. And so we have to know what he is saying in, in totality, not just um, what we think this verse might say or what this verse means to me. It doesn't matter what it means to me. Uh, it, it matters what it means. It matters what God intended for it to mean. God gets to determine the meaning of his word, 
not us. But in that same manner, our perception, it, it shapes and affects the way we teach his word, we live out his word, and so our perception does matter. So it's important for our perception to be in line with what is true. And in order for us to do that, we have to study God's word. And we have to come into his presence. We have to open up the Bible. We have to study it for ourselves so that we can know what his word says. And so my question to you this morning is, is are you studying it? Do you know for sure that even what I'm saying right now is true or not? And the way to know that is to get into his word. And the more you know his word, the more you will know him. And the more you know him, the more you know when someone's coming at you with something that isn't true, it's easier to understand that because you have a grasp on what his word says. If someone comes to me and says, you know what Rose said about you? And they say something that's completely made up. If they say something like, uh, she said, you're goofy, then I would know that's probably true because that sounds like something my wife would say about me. But if, if, she, if they came and said, Rose said that you are hateful and that you don't care about her. Well, I would know immediately that what that person is saying is not true because I know my wife and I know that she wouldn't say that about me. And, and so when God, when you, do you know God enough to know when someone comes at you with something, you know whether it's true. And this is tough, man. This is really tough because there are a lot of us who believe things that are not biblical. I see it all the time. And, and it's not just the Bible. We fall for stuff all the time, whether it's through the news or, or on social media. I, on social media, I see people post things that aren't true all the time. And I don't think that they are purposefully trying to deceive others or they're posting lies on purpose. I, I think that, that they are just taking some news organization's word for it or just some random person who posted something, taking them, their word for it. And, and, and we want to believe certain things. And so we fall for things sometimes. And so the way to not fall for fa fake news is to research, to dig deeper, to, to, to see, okay, when did he say this or she say this? And what was the setting? And what was the whole quote? And go back and, and look at what is really being said. And, and in that same way, that something that can help us not fall for, for fake news in general that same kind of thing works for the Bible. What does God say? Okay, he says that he doesn't want us to suffer in this spot. Well, how do we uh, take that and remedy the seeming contradiction of all the suffering that takes place in Scripture? And we have to work through those things. It takes work. And so we have to keep going uh, because for time's sake, I'm, not, I'm never going to get through all these verses if we don't. But study God's word and know what it says. And not just what someone says about it, know what it says. Verse 15, Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the prophets who prophesy in my name, although I did not send them, and, and who say, sword and famine shall not come upon this land, by sword and famine those prophets shall be consumed. Now, this is intense. God is saying I am coming after those false teachers. I am coming after those false prophets who are saying that I said this one thing, that all oh, this this isn't going to happen. Well, it's coming after them. And we have to know God's word because 
is God loving? Absolutely. Is he a God of a second chance? Yes. And a third and a fourth and a fifth. He gives us millions of chances. But is he also a just God who will judge the unrighteous, who will judge sinful behavior and, and sin in general? Absolutely. He has to, in, in his his character or his attributes, it, 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 it determines for sure that he is going to do that. Because, yes, he is a loving God. That's why he offers us so many chances. That's why he sent his son to die for us so that we could be forgiven. Of course he is a loving God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, right? But he is also a just God. And here we see in Jeremiah, he is saying, not only am I going to judge those who, who don't listen to me, I'm going to judge those who are supposed to be my preachers and my prophets. I'm going to judge them if they're not truly teaching what I have said. And these guys weren't. And so in verse 16, it says, And the people to whom they prophesy, so it's not just the, the uh, priests and the prophets who are going to be punished, the people who hear them, the people who are deceived by them, and the people to whom they prophesy shall be cast out in the streets of Jerusalem, victims of famine and sword, with none to bury them, their wives, their sons, and their daughters, for I will pour out their evil upon them. This, I mean, this is brutal. Don't let someone deceive you about what God's word says. God is going to judge all of us one day. We all have to stand before him. And when we stand before him, we can't say, oh, but I was good. I, I gave to charity. I did this and I did that. I, I went to church. I read my Bible. Those things aren't going to get us into heaven. When we stand before God and, and he says, why should we be in heaven? The only answer is, is because you forgave me through Christ. I have a relationship with him. I've been born again and, and I've been made new. And so I don't deserve heaven, but I can be there because of Jesus, because he paid for my sins. And we have to know that if we have a relationship with Christ, if that's true, then our lives should change. Our lives should be transformed. And if our lives are not changed, if our lives are not transformed, then maybe we're living a lie. And like these people here, we might expect judgment to come if there's been no change, if we're continuing to live by our own ways. And so chapter 14, it talks more about this. And then we get to chapter 15. I just want to look at one verse in chapter 15, verse 6. It says, you have rejected me, declares the Lord. You keep going backward. So I have stretched out my hand against you and destroyed you. I am weary of relenting. I think about a, a good parent. A good parent is not going to just continue to let their child get in trouble and get in trouble. Let's let's use the analogy of going to school. Okay, if someone, if a child is going to school and they're disrespecting their teacher, a good parent is going to punish that child in some way, um, in an effective way, hopefully, for disrespecting their teacher because children should respect their teachers. They should respect adults, especially authority figures in their lives, and whether, uh, and if they don't do that, then 
a parent should punish their child, right? That would be a good parent. It would be a bad parent if they just let their kids disrespect authorities their whole life and then that child grows into an adult who can't even get a job or gets fired from every job because they disrespect their authority. They can't have healthy relationships inside of a marriage or whatever the case might be because they can't respect people in, in positions of authority. Um, and so it, it would be a good thing for a parent to punish. And And at some point, every parent has to come to a place where they say, okay, no more grace in this situation. I have to punish. And that's where God is. He's weary of relenting in Judah and Jerusalem. And so he's going to bring punishment. And then we get to chapter 23. I'm going to skip a few chapters here. You know, Jeremiah, as we've said many times, is not in chronological order. And so I'm going to go to chapter 23. And this won't be the only time we're in chapter 23. But in chapter 23, beginning in verse 9, he says this, it's very similar to what we just read in the previous chapters. Concerning the prophets, my heart is broken within me. This is what Jeremiah is saying. My heart is broken within me. All my bones shake. I am like a drunken man, like a man overcome by wine because of the Lord and because of his holy words. There's a lot going on here and there it'll be spelled out a little bit better in some uh, upcoming verses. But Jeremiah is, is having a hard time because he is saying these things that God has put in his heart to say, and yet he doesn't want to see his people destroyed. He wants to see justice brought. He wants to see the false prophets stop prophesying lies. He wants to see those kind of things, but he doesn't want to see Jerusalem destroyed, right? He loves his this city. He loves Judah. He loves his people, and, and he feels conflicted he feel he uses the illustration here of drunk because he's been so battered over this and, and so distraught and so in verse 10 for the land is full of adulterers because of the curse the land mourns and the pastures of the wilderness are dried up their course is evil and their might is not right both prophet and priest are ungodly even in my house, I have found their evil, declares the Lord. So these prophets of priests, they're not just acting evil, doing evil things in other places or going into these false temples and doing evil things. They're bringing evil even into God's house. They're constantly doing evil. Verse 12. Therefore, their way shall be to them like slippery paths in the darkness, into which they shall be driven and fall. For I will bring disaster upon them in the year of their punishment, declares the Lord. In the prophets of Samaria, I saw an unsavory thing. They prophesied by Baal and led my people Israel astray. So he's, now he's talking about this foreign land and, and how not only is, is it, the prophets and the priests, but in this foreign land, they were doing the same thing, living this, uh, these lives against God. But in the prophets of Jerusalem, I have seen a horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen the hand of evildoers so that no one turns from his evil. All of them have become like Sodom to me and its inhabitants like Gomorrah. And so these are strong words here. God is saying that of his own people, they have cheated on him, and they have cheated on their spouses. They 
are walking in lies. They, The prophets and the priests, they're just strengthening the hands of the people who want to do evil. The people who want to neglect the poor, who want to neglect the, the widows and the orphans in Judah, they're just, the prophets and the priests are saying, hey, it's okay. God's not going to punish you for neglecting them. It, just keep doing what you're doing. They're strengthening the hands of the evildoers. And no one's going to turn from their evil if men of God and women of God don't stand up and speak out against these kind of things. And what's the result? The people of Judah have become like Sodom and Gomorrah to him. These two towns in the Old Testament that were destroyed and known for their depravity and going against God and their, uh, their desire to take advantage of others. And so... Um, we we don't want that to be said of us too. But if you look at all the people who call themselves Christians in the world today, just take an honest look. Are they living their lives like Jesus? Are we? Are we living our lives like Jesus? And are we honoring him with our lives? We have to take heed to the warnings of Scripture. Verse 15, Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets, Behold, I will feed them with bitter food and give them poisoned water to drink. For from the, the prophets of Jerusalem, ungodliness has gone out into all the land. The very men who were supposed to be leading God's people to him, who were supposed to be telling the nations to repent and turn to God, the very men who were supposed to be displaying the love of God, the very men were doing the opposite. What about us today? Uh, sure, there probably aren't too many preachers listening to this. I hope there are some listening. But there are Sunday school teachers. There are parents who are leading their children. There are plenty of leaders. And how are we living our lives for God? Are we being who he has called us to be? Or are we strengthening the hands of the wicked? Are we leading others into ungodliness? Are we living in ungodliness? Verse 16. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. I cannot tell you how many times I've heard sermons or I've had conversations with people who think they know what God says or what the Bible says, and it becomes obvious very quickly that they do not. We have to study his word. We have to know what it says. What if we are leading people astray? What if not only are we believing lies, but what if we are, are leading others to believe lies? I'm not even sure in our culture if people even care what truth is anymore. So often, we just adopt what our tribe says, whether that's in politics or whatever the case is. We just, well, you know what my preacher said, or you, you know what CNN or Fox News said. We can't be like that. We have to know what is true. We have to chase back the sources and to, to make sure that it, what is being said is biblical and that not only is what is being said in the Bible, but the way they're presenting it and what they're saying about that is in, in unity with all of God's word, not just taken out of context and put by itself. Verse 17, they say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, it shall be well with you. 
and to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, no disaster shall come upon you. Well, wouldn't that be nice if we just got to do everything we wanted, no matter how much it hurt others, at, no matter whose expense it's at, and we just, everything's okay. But it's not okay. It's not okay for us, and it's not okay for the people we're harming, and it is not okay in God's sight. Because God sees things perfectly. He sees things from the end. He knows how much pain we cause. He knows how much hurt we cause. He knows not only the hurt to ourselves, to our family, to our communities, but to society as a whole. And so we have to make sure that we are honoring God and, and doing what he says, no matter how bad it hurts to hear it. And that's not what these guys were doing. Verse 18, For who among them has stood in the counsel of the Lord? to see and to hear his word, or who has paid attention to his word and listened? These prophets haven't even really spent time with God. Have you spent time with God? Not just hearing what someone else said about him. Have you spent time in his word? Have you spent time praying? Behold, the storm of the Lord. Wrath has gone forth, a whirling tempest. It will burst upon the head of the wicked. The anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and accomplished the intents of his heart. This is, these are strong words. Judgment is coming. In the latter days, you will understand it clearly, is what Jeremiah 23, 20 says. Understand it before it's too late. Turn to God now. Don't wait for, for the end when it's too late. Verse 21, I did not send the prophets, yet they ran. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, when they would have proclaimed my words to my people and they would have turned them from their evil ways, their evil way, and from the evil of their deeds. If these prophets would have actually spent time with God, if they would have come to him, then maybe they could have transformed Judah before it was too late. Maybe they could have spared Jerusalem from the destruction that was coming. But they just told lies. They believed what was comfortable, that God, it was okay. They were God's people. God was going to forgive them. Don't listen to Jeremiah. What about you? What about the way you're living your life? What about what you're believing? Are you believing all the, the hard things that are in God's word? Or are you just listening to people who tell you what you want to hear? Verse 23. Am I a God at hand, declares the Lord, and not a God far away? He, he's basically saying, and it's clear within the context, he's saying, you think I'm just like way off in heaven and I only see things that are at arm's length, that I only see things that are close? I know what's happening. God knows when we dishonor him with our lives. Verse 24. Can a man hide himself in secret places so that I cannot see him, declares the Lord? Do I not feel heaven and earth, declares the Lord? God knows everything. He knows our thoughts, not just our actions. I have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name, saying, I have dreamed, I have dreamed. You need to be careful about what people say God says. Well, I, you know, God told me or... I had a dream or look, maybe God did tell them, but if it doesn't line up with his word, don't believe it. Verse 26, 
How long shall there be lies in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies and who prophesy the deceit of their own heart? Who think to make my people forget my name by their dreams that they tell one another, even as their fathers forgot my name for Baal? They're about themselves, not about God. They're trying to get attention for themselves. They are becoming the gods because when, when, when the attention goes to the individual rather than to God, then it's dangerous. They're trying to build an audience of, of people who they're just trying to say things that will tickle the ears of those who hear and, and they will you know gain a, a gathering, a following. And God is saying that that's dangerous. And, and of course, judgment's going to come for that. Verse 28, let the prophet who has a dream tell the dream. But let him who has my word speak my word faithfully. So make sure the dreams line up with, the, with his word. Speak his word faithfully. What has straw in common with wheat, declares the Lord. And in, in this, you know, if, if you're gathering a crop of a harvest of wheat and you're not going to burn it because there's straw in it, you're going to separate the straw from the wheat. You're going to keep the good and throw out the bad. So do you just... Since there are some preachers who preach false truths, or, or not false truths, but just uh, speak lies, since there are some people or Christians who uh, don't really know what, what God says in his word, so we just, uh, well, how can we know about what God's word says? Just throw it all out. No, you dig in. You don't, you, you, you test the preachers by what God's word says. Is what they are saying lining up with what God's word says? And and if you find a good preacher, then you listen to him. And you 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 keep testing what he says according to God's word. And, and what about the people around us? All these people who tell us they know about God, they know God, they know what he says, and, and yet they're contradicting one another. Well, go back to his word. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, or in this case, the straw out, the wheat out with the straw. You separate the good from the bad. You you dig in. So let's look at this last verse. Is not my word like fire, declares the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Fire is coming to destroy the straw that is mixed in with that wheat, the good stuff. Fire is coming to destroy the straw. And a hammer is going to break the rock in pieces. All this is is saying judgment is coming. And so we have to be prepared. I've said enough in this sermon. You know what God's word says about this. So the question here is, are you following him? Are you digging into his word? Do you know, are you spending time with him so that you can actually know what he thinks and what his word says? And are you able to present that truth to other people? We live in a time where people just make up their own ideas and, and and present them as truth and and unfortunately lots of people follow what's being said even if it's a lie we cannot be those people we have to dig into god's word and know what it says in context in its totality we we have to know what it says so that we can live lives that honor him lives that are examples to others so that we are leading people closer to him rather than strengthening their wickedness. And so where are you this morning? My my prayer is, is that you would turn to him right now. Let me say a prayer for us. 
God, I just pray that if there's anyone in here who, who, who is watching this or listening to this who doesn't know you, I pray that you would help them to put their faith in you, that they would trust you for salvation and that they would turn from their sin and that they would follow you. And we know that if we put our faith in you and we ask you to forgive us of our sins and we believe that we can have a relationship with you through Jesus, that you will save us, that you will forgive us, and we would be made right with you. Lord, I pray for those in here who uh, proclaim to be Christians, who say they follow you. If they don't, and that's just something they're saying, like these false prophets that we read about, I pray that you would reveal truth to them so that they can repent before it's too late. If they are Christians, then I pray that, Lord, for those of us who love you, that we would truly follow you and that we would repent anytime we fall short and that we would strive to live lives that honor you and love you and love others and do great things for your name and for your kingdom's sake. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, thank you guys for uh, listening. This sermon is longer than some of the rest that I've been preaching online, um, but I'm glad that you stuck it out and I hope that you were challenged. And before we go, I just want to do some quick announcements that will be very helpful if you want to know ways to get more involved than just listening to sermons.